da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. And your brain starts ticking. All right. Let me know when you're good, Brian. And I'll get this going. I am also recording, like Kurosawa. <laughs> <laughs> this is not film spotting. Oh. We can't talk about Kurosawa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching the stars with no lights on. Mm. Mm. All right. Here we go. In three, two. Avengers Endgame is still dominating the box office, so here we are to talk about the movie that came in third place and made less than $10 million. The show must go on, uh, or we could just talk about Avengers Endgame again for two more hours. Uh, I think most people probably would prefer that at this point, but uh, nope, it's rom-com time here on Mad About Movies this week, and the movie of the week is Longshot, starring Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. Hello, and welcome back again to another episode of MAM. I'm your trusted co-host of The Evening Kent, and I'm joined by my other co-hosts, Richard and Brian. Hey, guys. What up? Hey, buddy. Still recovering. About trusted, however. That's yeah. taking liberties. but Trusted by the listener, not by me. Not, not, <laughs> I don't endorse trust. you guys at all. Yeah. <laughs> your, your opinions are your own, and you're only your own. Um, I've asked you to recommend me for several babysitting gigs and you have not come through well have i not come through or has your parole not come through i mean can't be within 125 yards of uh, any place that you could be i don't know why we're arguing semantics i thought we were friends (laughs) um thank you again for for coming back if this is uh your second or third or 50th time joining us uh if this is your first time uh welcome uh, we'll get to our review a little bit later. We're going to talk some trailer news here in a bit, uh, some movie news, rumors, rumblings, of course, and our weekly recommends are coming up at the very end of the show, in which each of us will suggest something that you need to check out as soon as you can. Um, but I want to give a special shout out to our VIP club uh, today. Uh, thank them for joining us. We talked Chinatown, um, a, uh, I guess a week ago at this point uh, in the VIP. And so that episode is, is now available. And uh, we're talking the next Harry Potter here very soon, which is Prisoner of Azkaban. And um, our monthly AMA in the VIP, Ask Us Anything, is coming up here in the next week or so, too, in which our uh, VIPs get to ask us literally anything that they want about the show, about life, about what we do outside of the show, whatever they want. We answer that monthly in the VIP. So shout out to those people. Brian, I believe you have a list of specific people we want to shout out tonight. 
Yeah, yeah. So if you join, uh, if you join our VAP club, just like Kento said, there, um, one of the the many the many rewards that you get is you get to hear your name on the show. We do a quick shout out a couple times a month to uh, some new members, and we've had a bunch of of newbies lately. So um, we're we're kind of getting through that list. So if you haven't heard your name yet, please be patient. We'll get to it. But tonight, I want to shout out our dear dear friends over in the VIP lounge. A uh, big shout out to Bill Weldon, to Lee Decker. To Jeff Garrison, Kent's cousin, obviously. Uh, to to Kristen Rowley, to Sarah Duthie, to Rohan Burgess. It's a great name. To Patrick Connor, to Raymond Hernandez, Corinne Lintak, Amanda Nicotera, who's going to be joining us soon, guys. I think she's going to be on the Aladdin episode. And then, and also to Larry First and RJ Koo. Thank you very much for your patronage. We super, super appreciate uh, giving us your time and resources and energy and good vibes and all that good stuff. Good times over there. I'm really enjoying the conversations we've had over there. We've got a couple of like fantasy-style uh, draft things going on over there um, with the VIP, some contests. And I, we really appreciate the people who tweeted us at Mad About Movies and sent us pictures of their pins that we sent out. If you got your pen and you haven't sent us a picture, send those out. We'll share them on social media at bad about movies. Um, but, uh, I think we should get things started off with a little movie news, rumors, rumblings. How about that? Movie news. Yes. Rumors and rumblings. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. So we actually have movie news, rumors, and rumblings this week. Some weeks we don't have it. We do. It's been a good week for that stuff. We've been anticipating, uh, this little first bit, I guess. Uh, we can maybe talk trailers. Um, at the end of this segment, but uh, I think this kind of takes precedent. Is uh, we've we've been anticipating a official announcement from Disney slash Fox or Foxney or what I don't know what we're calling them now. Um, it's just Disney, I think. Um, on the next slate of movies for the next decade, pretty much they've been pretty silent up to this point. Um, Avengers Endgame and Star Wars Episode Nine was and Frozen Two and. Toy Story 4 is essentially the end of their slate um, as we knew it, uh, as the industry. And they said they had stuff planned and in development, but they had no official release dates for a lot of this stuff. Um, um, a lot of release dates were changed to move things around, to make room for other things, properties, the rebooting, etc. And we're going to go through that list and kind of point out some of the stuff that uh, people should know that is of note. But are there any overarching thoughts or reactions to to this list um i would assume that maybe the biggest headline would be new star wars trilogy Mm. um untitled in terms of who it's going to be what it's going to be um but we do have release dates uh for those and uh brian do we want to do we want to go through and Go through all yeah. the release dates of those. So um, yeah, we can we can touch on that. So they're they're taking a break, which we we all thought was coming, right? Like after the lack of success of Solo, we kind of figured that we were headed for a, a break, and and that's what we're getting. So the next after Episode Nine, the next Star Wars movie that we will get will come in 2022, and then it'll be every two years. It'll be 2022, 2024, 2026. I don't know, and I've seen speculation on both sides of this, so I, you know, I don't, I don't know what to expect here. We know there are two different trilogies that are in the works at Disney, Star Wars wise. We have the completely unknown Ryan Johnson trilogy. That, I mean, the last thing I 
think I saw on that, and there's so much stuff out there on the, you, you, you know, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to know what to trust and what not to trust. But the last thing I saw on that was that we, that is a complete mystery. It's separated from anything that's happened in the previous Star Wars movies. And that's, I think, a smart thing to, to go completely off the, off the grid there. The other series that we know about is uh, Benioff and Weiss, the Game of Thrones guys have a have their trilogy and that has been rumored to be surrounding uh knights of the old republic which uh was a very popular video game in the early 2000s and um there's a lot of uh elaborate that, what that is for non like crazy canon Star Wars sure listeners it, it, of our show. it's all jedi stuff so the when we come into the star wars movies the jedi have been around for hundreds or thousands of years i don't know what the actual canon is on that stuff but a very long time and uh prior to the prequels and certainly prior to the original trilogy there would have been another um basically another government in charge and the jedi were a big part of that government so it could be i mean literally it could be two thousand years prior to um the original the, the the Skywalker series, gotcha. something like that, or several hundred years anyway. So it's kind of wide open on where that can be time wise. Those games were always really fun and and popular, and I know there's tons of uh, books and comics and things like that surrounding that series. So that that has always seemed like to me like a pretty prime uh, subject matter to kind of to delve into. There's a lot to draw from if you want to draw from some of it, or you know can make it entirely your own. so i don't the, the the big question to me more than anything is we we know we have these three movies uh spread out over over six years is that gonna be uh ryan johnson trilogy movie in 2022 benioff and weiss 2024 and then ryan johnson 2026 or the reverse of that is it gonna be all three of those movies are in one trilogy and then the other trilogy is just kind of waiting that that seems like a very very long pre-production time um to you know you're talking those that uh the ryan johnson trilogy got greenlit last year or maybe even the end of 2017 i think it was greenlit before the last jedi even came out okay to be yeah, to I was be honest trying to think of the timeline on that so that's a really long time to be quote-unquote in development to not have a movie out so i i i don't know about you guys i tend to lean it seems more like uh it'll be one from ryan johnson one from Benioff and Weiss, and then another from from Ryan Johnson, or the reverse of that: two from from uh, Benioff and Weiss, and one from from Ryan Johnson. But uh, but yeah. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. But that's just my that's my speculation. I guess. Yeah. Um, Richard, if you want to chime in here, um, I the only yeah. thought I have is is I, I would guess it would be either or. Um, it would honestly yeah. surprise me for them to do two trilogies simultaneously of any kind. Same. Um, Given how they've the split timeline stuff has worked in the past, right? Right. Given how how the fans reacted to the other stuff, yeah. The um, I think fans want a consistent story from Star Wars. Um, What's great about Star Wars is that there is no source material. (laughs) I mean, they threw they threw out the um, they threw out the extended universe, and there's no comics. You know, even with Endgame and and these X Men or whatever these bigger franchises are there's still some indication from the fans or uh, from the history of the franchise of where it's going to go or where it could go. Um, with these, there's no, there's no idea from anyone where it's going to go other than the people making the movie. And so that, that's what makes it really exciting. Um, so I think fans like the anticipation of every other year, uh, a new 
episode of a trilogy comes out and it just builds the anticipation every other year. Um, it would surprise me, honestly, at this point for, for Disney Star Wars to be in the Ryan Johnson business. And I know he's a good guy, great filmmaker, but I, I just think he's done too many people wrong and it's going to be too hard for people to be won over for it to be worth it for them. It, it's, it's, um, comparing a Benioff and Weiss who, um, have a, a spotless track record right now with the fan base. Um, so that, that would be my thing would be, I would guess that they would pick either, or, uh, maybe one of these trilogies gets moved to Disney plus or something like that. Um, or doesn't happen. I don't know, but, um, yeah, it would be very hard for me to imagine them doing two trilogies simultaneously, but wouldn't surprise me at all because money as well. So, um, that's a factor, but Richard, any other thoughts on this? No, I'm with you. I think, uh, I think the solo movie really proved for whatever reason, you know, that was kind of flawed from the start. So maybe that was a once in a, maybe that was an aberration, not the rule, but, but it does seem like whatever the star Wars, you know, you have the diehard fans, but whatever the mass audience is, because unlike Avengers, there's not, 12 movies of track record. Um, there was at that point one plus the movies from 30 years ago uh, to really push people to something kind of out of timeline or, or origin based. It does seem like they would want to reset and maybe try to build something more organically with a, with a new trilogy, a new whatever, and then try to build off that um, from there. Cause the, the audience for whatever reason wasn't, wasn't there for solo, which is a really iconic character, but that could have been backlash against the fact that it's not Harrison Ford or the production issues with it or whatever. So maybe they are willing to try it again with multiple kind of things Mm. going on. But I think they had, um, you know, I weirdly, I'm not the star Wars guys on, on this show. I know you guys are. I, I think I like, um, rogue one more than both of you, just because I don't have that canon experience with it. Um, and, I mean, Diego Luna is awful, but other than that, I liked, I enjoyed myself. I've only seen it once, but I liked that movie. Um, and so, uh, they have a little more, but I don't think that was like a rip roaring success, especially when you look at stuff like, you know, Captain Marvel, for example, which has no credibility in terms of character in the mass culture. Obviously there's a lot of comic book fans of that character, but that, that character, I didn't know who that character was until like 18 months ago. And then that movie is like the ninth grossing movie of all time or whatever it is now. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, star Wars hasn't been able to find that cachet. I think the smart play for them would be to try to build that organically. I think they certainly have the universe in which to do so. Um, but you're going to have to get that buy-in from the mass audience, the not star Wars fan audience organically. You're going to have to do, you're going to have to grow that with, with um, some credit across, you know, five, six really good films where people are like, okay, I know that if it's in this universe, it's going to be cool and it's going to tell this macro story and I can, I can buy in on this. And I, I don't know who this character is or I don't know what this is, but I know that I'm going to need to see it to understand other things. I feel like Marvel did that, whether it was on purpose or kind of accidentally, to where they put their stamp on something. And now, I mean, think about that. I mean, think about. Marvel comics being able to get, you know, like 61 year old moms to like, go be like, Mm -hmm. Oh, these are all good. And that happens. That doesn't happen with star Wars. And so they need that to happen for, to invest what they're probably planning on investing in them. Not to say they can't do it, 
But I'm with you, Ken. I, I think they have to do that over the course of a maybe a new – they have this trilogy to build off of and then just do something one at a time. And then if you want to get kind of clever time um, time frame-wise and all that and have stories mm-hmm. within stories, then you can do that after you have a certain amount of credit. But I don't think they can do it just yet. Yeah. Long-winded, sorry. Yeah, you – I mean, if you read between the lines and you – Look at kind of the language that they've been speaking in terms of the press release. I mean, they've been saying Ryan Johnson's developing a new trilogy. <laughs> you know, the Game of Thrones guys are developing a new trilogy, and things are on development for decades that never get, never happen. Um, so, you know, until an official announcement is made, um, there's it's all going to be speculation. I mean, we're speculating right now. It might not be either of the things we've said. Um, it could be something completely sure. different. Uh, sure. It could be another trilogy. It could be Spielberg. Yeah. Who, who knows? Who knows what they're, sure. what they're working on. Well, they, but they um, come in and, and sneak those onto the, the schedule later. I mean, we're talking about four years out from, you know, they right. could come in and say, okay, now uh, the Ryan Johnson trilogy is in May on offsetting years. And the, uh, the Benioff and Weiss one is, is December or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of ways that this uh, cha- can change moving forward. But yeah, you know, like, we know Disney likes to have their their blueprint, their map, or whatever, and totally. But they're certainly not afraid to uh, to go away from that when, when I, the time, yeah. you know, if the time arises. I guess I'm I'm very interested to see if they've totally abandoned the we've got to make this an MCU with Star mm-hmm. Wars, and maybe they've yeah. just come to the realization like not everything's going to be Marvel, but you know what? Yeah. We have Marvel, so it's okay. Um, we mm-hmm. can do other things. Take our time. Really think this out. You know, Pixar the f out of this thing and concentrate on story and character, and not put out movies that are unnecessary. I would have been yeah. really interested to see what the reception would have been had the solo movie and Rogue One completely flopped release dates. You know, um, like, do you think Rogue One would have completely flopped after the Last Jedi? Last Jedi. I'm wondering how much of it has to do with people being tired of star Wars, not liking the last star Wars, um, boycotting star Wars had to do with that box office rather than, um, rather than the movie itself. Um, if that had been rogue one, you know, that had been six months after the last Jedi, would it have done as well or been as well received? I don't know, but it's a very interesting hypothetical that I'm sure Disney is. I mean, they got a lot of money riding on that fact, you know, what exactly, why did Solo fail? Um, Mm -hmm. That is, I mean, that keeps people up at night, I'm sure, over there at Lucasfilm. Um, And and so, yeah, they've got got these three movies there. It looks like they're rebooting officially Indiana Jones, too, Brian. Yeah, yeah. That's, I don't think that's the worst idea. I mean, I'd probably prefer it if they just leave it alone. But they're not gonna, you know. I mean, that's yeah. my that's always my thing on the show is like the uh, the remake, reboot, prequel, sequel. Th- that war is over, so we can just stop with um, why are you doing this? Don't you know? Leave our things alone. But um, so I'd probably prefer if they'd stop. But you know, if it, if it's just if it's fine, if it's good movie, then it, whatever. It, I can I can enjoy it, and you know that. That uh, the last real Indiana Jones movie came out thirty years ago, so it's not it's not a terrible idea to try to uh, introduce that character and that type of movie even to to a new generation. Um, just do it well. That's all I care about, you know. 
no no uh no aliens no no nuking the fridge yeah. things like that we don't we don't need that um i don't no see an official release monkeys. date on the indiana jones is that i don't either yeah i haven't seen that yet either i, so. I saw i did see that come across uh, the uh the ticker today though um yeah so we do have a couple of movies released uh or i mean removed from the release schedule um gambit which was supposed to come out less than a year from now <laughs> has been removed they have there's no God. chance they'd even started filming that no gambit has been on the schedule <laughs> at fox for at least a decade i'm not kidding i mean yeah was, yeah I, I mean channing tatum yeah they yeah, found their that, guy that, and then every yeah, director Wolverine and, origins movie came out yeah. in 2008 i think gambit was the next one or second magneto too but it's been on the schedule forever, and it was clearly never going to happen. They've lost 47 directors, so I'm, just, I'm glad they... I love Gambit. Gambit X-Men I love. Gambit's my favorite character in the X-Men. He doesn't need his own movie. And I'm glad that they, they maybe have just realized, okay, this isn't going to happen. Let's let it go. So the New Mutants has been delayed oh. again to Jeez. April of 2020. So uh, about a year from now. We might be talking about New Mutants, or it might get delayed again. Yeah. That movie's been on the shelf for at least two years now. Yeah, um, they've reshot a lot. That that one, I think, guys, just needs to be needs to be stuck on a shelf somewhere, and we never <laughs> we never see it. Clearly, there's some things wrong with what's happening with that one. Isn't uh, Maisie Williams in that? Yeah, she yeah. she was talking about it recently. I was like, I have no idea when that's coming out, and I yeah, so, and um. The Dark Phoenix is coming out this summer um, with what's her name, uh, Sophie Turner. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe those are coming out maybe at the right time. But now uh, the question is, the Benioff and Weiss, who is uh, who's going to be in Star Wars? Which Game of Thrones characters are going to be <laughs> going to be in Star Wars? <laughs> um, man, Amelia Clark being in Solo is kind of disappointing. Like you wasted her in the star Wars universe on that movie. Um, yeah. she could have led a trilogy for sure. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. Amelia Clark. I mean, um, Gwendolyn Christie's already captain Phasma. So <laughs> the, cu the right. cup, the cup, yeah. the cup was in, in uh, game of Thrones this past mm -hmm. weekend. It's moving, moving on up. He's Good actually, it was actually really method to go from uh -huh. red cup to Starbucks. Yeah. Not a lot of people. I was that. surprised. He, I mean, great. It's Game of Thrones. It's a huge cultural landmark. But weren't you guys a little bit surprised he slummed it on TV? I mean, granted, prestige, but still. Right. Yeah. Right. He's a film actor. I mean, he is. Does Sometimes Daniel you got to do things, show you know, up? Does Daniel Lewis show up on Handmaid's Tale? He doesn't. Okay. There, <laughs> there's still a line. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I guess another big headline of this release. Uh, the Avatar movies Ooh, boy. get a an official you, another official release date. We've we've talked about this four times, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. Avatar two, um, previously dated for. Should, should we reset and tell people what Avatar is? I don't know. <laughs> Good one, nice. I saw a tweet. I think we probably retweeted it that said uh, it's gonna be great when Avengers is the number one movie of all time, so that the number one movie isn't something everyone com forgot about like four days later. Like that's so true. Like, okay, at least for the fact that people know what Avengers Endgame is um, now yeah. and yeah. remember it, it's cultural relevance is um, that, that fact alone should make it number one. But um, Avatar two, 
the uh, yet to be untitled. We don't know if it's seed bearer or wind of water or what what it's going to be. Uh, is Gosh. is uh, was previously scheduled for December of 2020, and now it's December of 2021. Avatar three um, is now 2023, and Avatar four is now 2025. I had to move my whole calendar around. Thanks a lot. Work and av- life, and Avatar not just five. personal life. I had to move <laughs> right. appointments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a trade show planned, and I had to cancel it. Oh, twenty twenty-seven. Good. I like having that kind of foresight because that'll definitely happen. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Years after the previous. I don't. Oh, wait. Avatar five is twenty twenty-seven. I forgot to right. name that too. Right. My bad. Right. Uh, that's official, by the way. Don't you take the seed bearer away from us, Kent. <laughs> no. How dare you. The, Tus- the Tolkien Rider is, is coming out if I freaking... <laughs> my life my life depends on it. Um, Gosh. The, you, you think that went the way they thought it was going to go? When Avatar, you know what? the Twitter account, released that poster and the date? Oh, that, that had to have been a bit. Oof. That. Oof. Imagine it's been, what, 11 years, 12 years since Avatar came out? Um... I think 10. I think it came it's out in 2009. 2009. Yeah. yeah. T- 10 years. Um, imagine you've had 10 years to prep for this moment to officially announce the next film. And that's what you freaking put out there. Yeah. That's an absolute indication of where things are and how completely like blind to the, <laughs> they are to everything uh the perception everything yeah. um well, hey you well, know what disney build pandora they had yeah to build that's what i'm saying disney pandora. disney's that's looking at this as an investment of hey if these break even we're just sending people to disneyland with these with these movies mm-hmm. it's an ad for disneyland if anything totally else true. and um so i i imagine avatar 2 Question is, is Cameron do... going to see it that way? Because Cam- yeah. if these don't crush, he's going to lose interest. Oh that's... yes, no, he already yeah. shot. He's going to sh- he shot all of them in 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 sequence. So I think the photography is going to be done for all these by the time the first one comes out. And so he's going to be all in um, Justice League style to this thing before the first one even drops. <laughs> and I imagine Avatar two. I mean, let's see, three years out or three years out. Um, I'm going to throw out a projection, 1 billion for Avatar 2, total gross. Mm. Uh, and that's, I don't know, 60% worse than Avatar, 70% worse. So yeah, unless it's really groundbreaking again, visually, which you never know with Cameron. I mean, God knows, you know, we may, there may be something where this is totally a game changer theatrically again. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I, without 3d, um, Oh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying know. there's a 2% chance he does that, and then it'll make a yeah. lot because it'll be the same thing that happened last time. People will just be like, let's go look at it. Let's not see it. Let's just go look at it. I would be more intrigued but, if it was untitled James Cameron trilogy comes out and they no one knew what this was. I would be more willing to bet that that would make $2 billion in this because I, I don't think the inter- general interest level is there for Avatar. I could be wrong, but... Um, I think people are over it and and moved on, but and the only indication is is nothing because only the one movie came out, so we haven't had a sequel, we haven't had anything, any other indication to tell us that this franchise is dead, other than um, the fact that this movie is going to come out what twenty twenty one, so minus the four, subtract the two, <laughs> that's going to be thirteen years, twelve years, fourteen, seventeen years after the first one, and so. That's uh, that's my main concern is that it's just so far gone, 
And Avatar, like you said, Richard, was just well, such a for cultural. Dumb Dumber <laughs> too, yeah, this proof. Um, it was just such a cultural thing, like. Oh, you got to see the 3D. You got to see it in 3D. Yeah, it's that, a theme park ride. It's yeah, like, theme oh, park you got to go ride this roller coaster. Yeah, like, that roller coaster is playing down the street from you, so people would go do it. Yeah, we'll but see. I don't think people were like, "You have to go see this." It was weird. It was like a very once in a lifetime, and by the way, total achievement. I'm not. So was yeah, Titanic. So was all of his freaking movies. You know. Yeah, Titanic like, had a little more of like you know Leo yeah, was a history real thing. and all that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just like, and there was more of a narrative and all. You that. can't explain I, I can't, when a movie becomes the the yeah. highest grossing movie ever. It's just like, and a lot of the Titanic was was like wait till you that at the time it was like this cost so much money so you should go mm-hmm. see it because it, it people remember there was all the stuff of like. Oh, this is going to be a huge bomb because it costs so much, and then it ended up working for it because people are like, "I want to see what a two hundred million dollar movie looks like." You know, with your sure. sets and the water and all that, and you know, it had star power and all that. But these aren't going to have star power. It's going to have a CGI of Sam Worthington because he didn't sign on to do it. So we're going to have clone Worthington and Zoe Zaldana, who is a like B a B plus level actress. I would say. I mean, I really like her, but I mean, I don't think she's right. moving tickets. She's I don't not think a movie star, yeah, right, and a bunch of cool CGI. I mean, I'm sure the the CGI is going to be awesome, but that becomes less and less interesting as every movie that comes out in the summer or mm-hmm. big movie has great CGI. So unless he could do something really interesting visually with it, uh, which he could, he's freaking James Cameron. I mean, he's done that before, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to bet a, totally against him on that. But I don't know. I just think the threshold of that is so high now. Yeah, uh, that I just don't. I don't know. I think we all agree that the second one, at least, is a money maker. It's yes. just going to be it'll, diminishing returns from yes, from there. definitely will I be just, profitable. Yeah, yeah. And like Ken I, said, I would, it'll bring yeah. people to the park, which is very sure. true. Like even and, if and it, that, yeah, that's one of its biggest selling points. Is that part of Disney World is it's an incredible awesome. immersive experience. Yeah, I'm sure it's awesome. Create some. That will that will lend itself to some viewership. Oh yeah, they're going to show a trailer for the park right before the movie. How much you want yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. It's it's movies four and five to me that are the <laughs> the real issue here. Even the yeah. third one, I think you can you could probably count on. Assuming the second one is like a marginally decent movie, regardless of the experience and the money and all that. That it's just like. You know, sixty eight percent on yeah, Rotten Tomatoes, not a trader. Which, like by the that. way, the first yeah. Avatar is that, right? Yeah, if you it's take exactly out, right. Yeah, yeah. If you take out all the effects and stuff, it's it's fine. It's not like it's sure. a, a sure. it's offensively bad movie with great effects. No, absolutely, like, it's fine. Absolutely, yeah. If the second one is that, and it makes a billion or a billion and a half, I mean, you can probably chalk up the third one to, you know, a little less than that, but not terrible. But the fourth and fifth, I just don't, I just don't think it's right. there. I don't think that market will be there once um, those movies are coming. Literally, are almost twenty years after the original one came out. A movie that, again, like we talk about this all the time, people don't care. It is, and it's going to be selling the fact he's going to be the trailer is going to be selling from the producers of. You know, from the from the man who brought you Terminator Two and Titanic, it's like that was thirty five years ago. <laughs> like, yeah. it doesn't have the exact cachet that it did in two thousand nine to be selling this. And if Avatar Two doesn't work, he's not going to. He's going to be like from the guy from the recently failed Elite Battle Angel project in that underwater documentary that literally no one saw. 
Um, yeah, no, like, I'm with you, Richard. I think you, I think your point is dead on. I, I expect because you're right, can't like they are filming so much of this up front. I fully expect by the fourth and fifth movie, maybe even the third, that Cameron's just handing this off to the assistant director on Alita, you know, and just be like, hey, you put this together. I don't care anymore. This is, this is not, God, I hope I'm so. going to take my ball. Oh, God, I cannot wait for that moment. I thought it would. I want the yeah. white flag to go up so, so hard for <laughs> James Cameron. That's all I want. Um, uh, but he's a great filmmaker. He's, he's, he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, but, um, it's, it's a high risk for, for five, uh, avatar movies. Um, so, uh, I guess to wrap this up, some other headlines, um, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story is now December of 2020. So Christmas of next year, um, Artemis Fowl from Disney was scheduled for this year and it's now going to be may of 2020 they've pushed that back um so good on them for one less franchise to launch or do this year um call of the wild reboot was gonna be this christmas but now it's um in february next february that sounds mm-hmm. interesting i didn't know they were doing that um and let's see here a couple of disney live action a couple of marvel um, Fox Marvel movies have been slated as well or and removed from schedule. So um, Cruella is the official title now for the Cruella DeVille movie, and that's uh, for December 2020. And it looks like it's it. Death on the Nile, yeah, I don't, I don't see Milan on here, and that that's interesting. I'm, I don't know what – it's that's supposed to come out next year, but I don't – it's not on that release slate so but maybe no one, it was unchanged and no yeah. the pixar movies are on here too maybe this is yeah, either new or changed um, okay uh, movies okay. so that's a little update there do you want to hit on this trailer real quick the spider-man trailer sure Can't. okay um spider-man far from home trailer dropped uh longer trailer dropped and uh so spoilers coming up now for avengers endgame if you haven't seen it and I believe if you haven't seen it, get alive. Um, one, <laughs> but two, um, Burn. the trailer starts with Tom Holland saying spoilers coming up now for Avengers Endgame. And so smart, good way to do it. And so this is the next phase of the MCU, uh, post, uh, the first 22 movies. And we can, let's just throw a spoiler alert out here. If you're too stupid to realize we may spoil things here, just, yeah, yeah. Stop, stop listening right now. No, yeah. Spoiler alert um, for the for the seventh time. Um, it's it's one of those things where I'm I'm simultaneously excited for where they're going with it, but at the same time, uh, I want to catch my breath and kind of absorb what these 2018 movies have been and meant. And um, I just don't want Marvel to play their cards too soon with this and to get soloed and for everyone to be like, guys. Endgame just came out, and no one to go see this, or it to be bad, and then no one go see it, and then uh, then you're off on a bad note to start things off for your next phase. But um, on the other hand, it's Marvel, and I give them the benefit of the doubt because they haven't led me astray um, too often, and um, I'm excited to see where they go with Tom Holland because um, he is great in this role. Um, I'm glad to see John Favreau back in the mix, and. Um, Spider-Man is their most bankable character. Um, I don't know. Black Panther. Uh, 
Yeah, probably at this point. But um, I would say Spider-Man is probably who they would want to lead things from here on out if they could so choose um, the path. And so that the the inclusion of the spoilers. Are you the next Iron Man? <laughs> yeah, stuff. Um, I was I was curious as to how they were going to play that. Whether they're going to let that play out organically on, you know, maybe make three or four movies after this and kind of see who becomes the next leader of the Avengers, and then instead of just uh, saying it up front. Or this could be a total swerve job trailer, and yeah. none of that happens, and. That's exactly what the, happens. So we'll see. I think they use Black Panther as the Captain America, and they go Spider Man as the because Black Panther's Ernest, like Captain America's mm-hmm. Ernest. Mm-hmm. So he's the leader on one side of it, and then you have Spider Man as the kind of sardonic one, other co leader as Iron Man. You just follow the template. I mean, I don't know this world at all. I'm not a comic book guy, but that seems like the way they're setting it up. Sure. Yeah. It's those two and Captain Marvel. That's like your yeah, your I'm getting the whole eternity of of uh, Marvel characters moving forward for the next new Avengers or whatever you call it. You know? Yeah, and then you send Thor off with Guardians and see what you can spin off there, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. yeah, I don't know what you do with Hulk. Uh, you figure that out later, but <laughs> they just burn him in a dumpster. No, I've heard. <laughs> Uh, Nerd Hulk or whatever you call that is going to be doing. He's investigating um, Priest in Boston in his next film. Spotlight 2. Yeah, Spotlight 2, but he's the Hulk in it. I don't know. I mean, I'm in. (laughs) It's really a passion. They knew. They knew. knew. And he's just 18 feet tall. Uh, well, I'm yeah. in. Honestly, that sounds great. I'm um, like like Good I said, trailer. Cautious, cautiously optimistic. Um, something yeah. that does make me nervous is the whole "we're going to Europe, guys" aspect of it. I don't know if the road trip movies ever really work. Um, and sequels. It is from the makers of Euro Trip, though. It is the directors. <laughs> and Jake Gyllenhaal in a villain role is um, is it different. a villain? It's unclear. Yeah, it looks yeah, like it could. Yeah. Okay, historically villain, but but apparently, uh, I was talking to Ariel about this earlier today. There's nope. there's various. Yeah, just super nerd. I always anytime the trailer or something like that comes out, I'm like, hey, Ariel, explain Mysterio, explain the nerdiness <laughs> to me. And he and he always always you know, obliges. Yeah. Uh, Ariel of Geek 101 podcast, by the way. And and uh, he he's he has told me that there's various there's like various timelines for Mysterio, and some of them he's sort of good and some of them he's a villain and gotcha. stuff like that i only knew him as a villain but apparently there are there i are only various, know uh, ray mysterio as this kid <laughs> it's the only one i respect yeah well lucha underground <laughs> um yeah that's um it's gonna be interesting to see they kind of opened up the door for the multiverse stuff which i i've seen a couple of eye rolly robert downey jr gifts on on twitter of the well, this just means they can bring every character back forever with the multiverse saying, well, and in this universe, Iron Man still exists. And so we're going to go there and portal him back and he's going to help us. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally, that's great for Marvel. You know, if they can work that out and say, listen, Robert, go, go have fun. Go spend your $700 million that we've paid you over the last <laughs> 22 movies and we'll call you in four years. Maybe come back and, and you know, and it's this huge deal. And we've 
got it worked out and the logic of this universe that that could happen. Um, I think that's probably a smart bet for them to not write off anybody from coming back. And uh, for that to, to establish that logic now, I think it makes sense. So we'll see where they go. But um, for them to kind of throw that out there, this, I mean, we're 11 days removed from this movie from Avengers Endgame coming out and they're already putting <laughs> that stuff out there. But um, that's pretty amazing. So, um, so yeah, trailer dropped for far from home and you can check that out now, but uh, checking back in on Avengers Endgame, like I said, came out the 26th of April. We're recording this episode, uh, May 7th and, uh, Avengers Endgames right now sits at a hot 2.3 billion, uh, total worldwide gross. Um, putting it at number two all time uh, in 12 days time. That is, that's incredible. Um, comparing that to star Wars, the force awakens, it's 11 day total domestically was 570 million. Uh, Avengers is 630. So almost a hundred million more than the force awakens. And, uh, and that's pretty impressive. So do we, I, I think it's going to be three bill easy now. Um, and I would never would have thought that, but 12 days, we're 12 days in and it's got 700 million to go. It might, it might get halfway there by this weekend. Um, it might, it might get to 2.67 by this weekend. So what do you guys think? Um, just reaction to that, um, 12 days into being the number one movie of all time, other than, you know, people are going to remember that Mm. movie. Seems like a lot of money. I don't know. Hellboy's made twenty one million, so that's pretty good, right? Oh, that's about the same. Gosh almighty! Right now, yeah. by the way, Alita: Battle Angel sits at number five for worldwide of twenty nineteen. By the way, mm. in gross, mm. cool. Alita four hundred million cool. per Alita. Can't, can't wait for more. The Wandering Earth six hundred ninety nine million. I don't even know what that is, but it's a, oh, it's a Chinese movie. Yeah, that's going to be wow. on Netflix soon. I'm actually interested to yeah, that check looks that cool. out. It's like a space movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, 2.3 bill for Endgame. Um, like I said, it's going to be interesting, interesting to see how Spider-Man and uh, the other Disney movies are affected by this massive wave of, of Endgame. I can guarantee you Longshot felt the uh, wave this past weekend, <laughs> and uh, I think that's a perfect opportunity for us to talk about it right now. All right, so we talked about I Love You, Man, in the VIP a couple of weeks ago. And I remember talking about in that episode that uh, that was the most Judd Apatow, non-Judd Apatow movie ever. Um, Long Shot's pretty up there. <laughs> it seems like they uh, made this movie, pitched this movie, and um, say, and, there, and there's like, imagine Knocked Up, but it's not Knocked Up. It's kind of like that, but it's new. It's... 15 years after, right? Um, and I was scared about that going into this, uh, the comparisons, all that. Um, but for the most part, I thought this was a pretty funny movie. Um, I bought the chemistry between the two leads, which you want in these types of movies. Um, 
never really seen Charlize Theron in a comedy other than that thing you do. And uh, so I was excited to see her in that. And there are some funnier supporting roles. I think some of the comedy bits are really tired and lazy and some of them are really smart. So um, it never really found its uh, pace. It was kind of funny joke, bad joke, funny joke, bad joke um, tone. It never really um, was consistent in its humor. But um, I thought there were some funny bits throughout. And like I said, I bought the uh, bought the chemistry between the leads. Um, overall, was uh, was pleased with Long Shot. What did you guys think of this, uh, Brian? General thoughts? Yeah, yeah, man. I I actually I really dug this. It's it's an odd pairing. Um, you're right. I haven't seen. You rarely see Charlize do this kind of movie, if if ever. I was trying to think back through her filmography and. Nothing like this really comes to life. I always enjoy seeing her be kind of a normal person. She's such a great actress and does um, all these very difficult, impressive roles, whether it's something that's, you know, very Oscar-y or whether it's something like uh, Mad Max. It's just like uh, not a movie that I personally love, but gosh, the, um, the, the, I don't know the difficulty for her character on that. And then she did that so well. It's fun just to see her be a person. Um, I liked that. And I liked Rogan. I, I was talking to my buddy, uh, Brian, who's Simpson, who's a, who's a listener. And he, he saw this a, a couple days before I did. You can't, you saw this way early. I don't know. Was it a, a special yeah. screening or like, did they do the whole, um, check with the, the audience score thing? Or was it just, um, I mean, they encouraged us to share our thoughts about cool. it afterwards. So, um, cool. some promotional marketing thing, I guess, but sure. yeah, it was a packed out kind of pre-screening scenario. So cool. I'm excited to talk about, um, our screenings, um, yeah. here in a second, just the reaction stuff, but sure. But yeah, I was talking to a buddy of mine, uh, that saw it a few days before me and, and I, I said to him and, and he, he was the same. Rogan's interesting to me in that I don't, I don't, it's not like I get pumped about a Seth Rogen movie, but I am usually, I usually come out pretty, pretty happy on the other side. I don't, I don't know what that is. It's an odd for somebody who really does have a pretty high batting average. I don't know why I don't include him in my own personal, like anticipation sort of, uh, Oh, this guy's in a movie. This girl's in a movie. Oh, I'm, I'm pumped. That'll be cool. I was most excited. No James than- Woods for you. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, my captain and Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I'm not allowed to say anything bad about James Wood or we'll get sued. So, um, but I, I was more, honestly, more than anything, I was pumped for, for Jonathan Levine, the, the director who did a couple of movies that I really dug, um, uh, and then has done a couple of very bad movies since then. And I was interested to see, um, if he was going to kind of write the ship. I thought 50, 50, that was, which was 2011. I think that was my number one movie of that year. And I, gosh, I just loved it. And then I really liked Warm Bodies a lot. And it seemed like he'd kind of gotten, he'd maybe lost his way a little bit over the last few years with uh, with that night before sort of Christmassy, bro Christmassy movie. And then I had, I completely forgot he even did the, uh, uh, what's Snatched, the uh, Amy uh, Schumer joint, uh, Goldie Hawn joint last Brad year. Brad Pitt joint. Last, yeah, kind of totally Snatch. forgot about that. Uh, not that one, a different one. Oh, the, oh okay. The, cra- the, the Crackle series. I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, it, he's he's a, a voice that I really like as a as a director and, and a writer. And 
Um, I was kind of pumped to see what he did. But anyway, I thought this was pretty solid. The chemistry between them, between uh, Theron and uh, and Rogan worked. Um, they were a fun pairing. You're right, Kent. The, kind of, the comedy was sort of hit or miss at times, and it, it didn't have a consistent flow. But I thought there was... I thought there was probably two or three different 15, 20 minute stretches where it did move along really well. And, and most of the, the bits worked and, and then it would kind of ebb and flow a little bit, but, but, uh, but yeah, overall I was, I was mostly impressed. I like, I like a good date movie and, and, uh, this is, this certainly qualified and that, that's something that I, I think we're kind of primed for a comeback on. And, and I'm excited about that as well. Yeah. Overall, this was, this was a solid movie that I, that I enjoyed. Uh, maybe more than I anticipated going in, and maybe that's part of why it made no money. Um, and this, besides uh, Avengers, just dominating everything is I, I don't know how excited uh, the the trailers and the marketing made people, but but overall, yeah, worked for me. How about you, Richard? Yeah, it's the kind of movie that they don't make too often anymore, and with mm-hmm. box office returns like that, you can certainly understand. Now, part of that might be the release. Maybe a week after Avengers isn't the smartest place to put something like this, but who knows. Uh, it's the kind of movie a lot of times it gets put on Netflix or something like that now with smaller stars yeah, yeah. Um, or or something like that where there's not as much uh, exposure. Um, well, this is really well directed. I like both these people a lot. Everyone knows I love Charlize and, and Seth Rogen. I'm with you, Brian. Not like, you know, he's not musty TV for me, but he's in a lot of my favorite movies and I, I like this type of movie. This is a very Richard type movie that... The political kind of setting is, of course, we're going to make fun of me for that, that I'll like that. But even if it was set in a zoo, I would like this Mm -hmm. kind of movie. You know, I like this kind of thing. Um, It was very ebb and flow for me. Part of it, parts of it I liked. I really liked the direction of it. Um, I thought it was shot kind of fun and like aesthetically looked good. The performances were great. I liked part of the script and then I didn't like part. And then I, I didn't know this and I looked at it. And I realized half of it was written <laughs> by the guy who wrote the interview, which is a fine and a, the office and a bunch of stuff, which is fine. And I'm sure those are the parts I liked. And the other half was written by the woman who wrote the post. So I, now I understand why parts of this were terrible for weird 20 minute stretches, because this woman cannot write human dialogue <laughs> or plausible political satire or even just political Whatever. I don't understand why we have to want... Well, for Liz Hanna, she seems to have great taste in subject matter. Uh, her execution seems... Or, and Richard has highlighted me. the lines that were hers, and he knows that these <laughs> I have. I, are I don't know. Maybe, to Liz maybe she wrote. Maybe she wrote the parts I loved. I'm, and I hope that's the case, because she certainly owes me after sitting through that <laughs> dumpster fire of the post. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm just saying. I literally thought like this was a weird. I was like, I was like, I bet this was. And these two may have written it together. I don't know. I, they're both their names are on it. I, I they may have written it completely together, and that's fine. But it, I thought it was like this seemed like a kind of bullpen by committee movie. Like there were parts mm-hmm. of it that were funny, and then it was seemed like it was pieced together because there was a lot of it that were just didn't fit totally with all the parts of it. It was just very up and down. And then I looked it up, and I was like, oh yeah, they got the post. <laughs> <sighs> it sounds oh, like they um it looks like he wrote Dan Sterling wrote the story and screenplay and then they brought her on to clean it up. Wow. What a um, what an addition. <laughs> there was some stuff bringing an bringing an arsonist in to help with your fire. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I actually thought um I went into this movie I had no idea who directed it, who wrote it and 
during our screening, I was like, this is a really funny script. Um, I'm surprised how funny this is. And then when I went and saw that it was the girl from the post who I, I really enjoyed her work on the post, her story of getting that made all that. Um, and was anticipating her next project and had no idea this was it or that she was doing this. And so when I saw that, I was actually really surprised and pleased that, um, it was funny. I, I thought this was a funny, funny script aside from like, bringing back bits from there's something about Mary and we'll talk about that, you know, like those moments. It's like, <laughs> yeah. why it's like in this, like, we didn't need that, you know, in the, in this movie we're doing, we're doing fine without the, it. It, it, uh, it had some of those kind of, uh, unbelievable moments in it, the super slapsticky moments, but, um, some of the down, more down to earth humor between, uh, between the leads and between, Rogan and uh, and O'Shea Jackson Jr. is it was really authentic and funny and good and it's what I go to these types of movies for, um, and I think this movie had one of the best scenes in a rom com in years in the uh, when they're doing the when they're singing the song together um, in the camp at the campaign rally where she like just needs to get away you know what I'm talking about and they're singing mm-hmm. the it must have been love song oh that was a great yeah. sequence it's it's yeah, that that sequence has to work for this movie to work, and it's where they first really kind of connect. And the song is perfect, and the moment is perfect, and the stakes are there. I thought that I thought that was like one of the top moments of the year for me in in the movies. What did you guys think? Uh, maybe some standout moments from Long Shot. Yeah, I thought that was very fun, and uh, the, that whole. It, wasn't quite a montage but but sort of where they're just scene shifting and moving from place to place on the the campaign trail or whatever was i think that's where the movie kind of found its its footing and it's you know that's really second act kind of stuff and it um it worked well some of the stuff prior to that there's a lot of i don't it's not too it's certainly not too much laying the groundwork or anything but there was a lot to kind of set up and get you to that point and then that stretch which is a solid 20 30 minutes at least uh i think for me at least it it made it um it kind of gave it some solid footing and got it moving forward in a in a strong way it took the movie from a from something that i was like this is funny i'm enjoying this to something that's like oh i actually really dig this this is uh better than than i than i originally thought it was the third act kind of drifts a little for me, but um, but for the most part, I think that second act, kind of what you're talking about, Kent, that that scene and the the whole sequences surrounding it really bring it home and make that make the movie work and show off the kind of slightly odd chemistry between the two of them. And uh, you know, and and credit to credit to the writers, credit to Levine, but credit to to Rogan and and Theron for for making that work because you um that could go i mean seth rogan that we love he's a great guy but he's incredibly schlubby compared to uh shirley's theron and they that could have felt i don't know they they maybe could have leaned too far into that and instead you you just kind of get the gist of like oh right everybody has their their stuff that that holds them back their own idiosyncrasies their own um issues and stuff and that was I thought was very well done, very well done scripting and then brought to life, uh, very incredibly well by, by the two leads. And that whole sequence to me worked, worked very well and was fun. Brian, should I unveil my statue plan on the podcast or should I keep that off the air? What do you think? (laughs) Oh, bring it, bring it. Tell us. 
So I've had this plan for a few years. It's kind of cooled down now. I think everyone had reasonable head around it. But uh, there was that thing a couple years ago where we were tearing down, you know, Civil War statues in the South a lot of times uh, because, you know, they were traitors or whatever. And uh, and so other than that, though, and <laughs> um, but uh, and everyone was upset, like, you know, there are these great generals or whatever, and we should keep these up. Um and and no one knew it was just a it was a political hot button thing and I thought we could avoid all this. Just I think everyone can agree, liberal, conservative, Confederate, Union, male, female, whatever, just replace it. Statue of Charlize Theron. Yeah. Nothing like seduct nothing just right. just a just Charlize Theron, like just standing there <laughs> looking normal. I think we could just all agree that that's nice in any city. Right. Any block. We just got a nice statue of her, and we just we move on as friends. We all part as friends. We all cool. Right. I, approve, I think we. I think that brings this country together. We're all just like cool. Just, now this. Which town, look are this, you referring to? She's got like nine thousand like, different, different. Just standard like Charlize at the oh, Golden which, Globes. What standards? Golden Globes. Which just like uh, her okay. as herself. Maybe she's uh, doing the Tonight Show, like um, you know, so shaved not, head, not shaved head. No, just normal blonde or brunette <laughs> doesn't matter. Just kind of Charlize, sure. You know, sure. Nothing, no evening wear or anything. Even that Golden Globes might be too much. Maybe she's doing the Tonight Show, and it's just we we mock it up and just like, hey, town and random Mississippi. Sorry you lost uh-huh. your general, but you get this Charlize <laughs> Theron right. statue, and I feel right. like they'd be like, all right, we're good. That's fine. We can, we can yeah. ride with this. This will be cool, right? We're gonna we're gonna argue against this for a little while, but but honestly, it's that's the best. Our heart's not in it. Our heart's not in this argument. <laughs> yeah, she anyway. seems lovely. It's that's fine. <laughs> I think just approval rating. I feel like that would work. <laughs> anyway, that's my plan. That's great. You get, I my, feel you like, get my vote. Uh, all right, cool. Um. <laughs> four more years four more years uh, <laughs> uh speaking of that uh president bob odenkirk in this movie mm. we need more president o- odenkirk Eight period times. just in everything oh so, so american treasure i love him that's so funny that he plays an actor and quits the presidency to go be an actor <laughs> and uh nobody's ever made the transition from film to, you know what whatever from film to that television really or whatever that whole bit was was <laughs> yeah. really good uh, woody harrelson uh, george clooney uh that might be it <laughs> yeah that's it actually um that was good what did you guys think of uh o'shea jackson ice cube jr in this uh i i'm fine with him i mean i think he's uh you know we're gonna see him again uh, in godzilla 2 yeah, Very well, shortly. we'll see about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's not his fault. I mean, by all means, O'Shea, do Godzilla too. But uh, I don't know if uh-huh. those are really yeah. uh, charismatic parts. Oftentimes in those in those films, but he yeah. was he was he was good. At this. He's he's put yeah. together a nice little resume, which is he for is. a for a spawn of of uh, another actor slash performer is is impressive. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. got Space yeah. Jam two coming, so look oh, out. That's a bummer. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was good, man. I enjoyed. How his- did he get? Did how did he get that part? Did um, CJ McCollum drop out? <laughs> I know they're having trouble. They've got they're like 14, yeah. 40 NBA players yeah, dropping yeah, out of Space yeah. Jam too. Pat Connaughton just signed on though. So oh, okay, right they're on. Good. They're good. They're good. Right on. LeBron screwed. He can't. Uh, 
anyway, yeah, dude, I, I, I thought he was getting in. It was fun to have I, the, uh, the little kind of, uh, relevant political discussion that, that he gets to have with, uh, with Rogan's character was good. He did a good job of delivering that and it was well-written and, and they, I don't know, they did a good job of kind of saying some potentially controversial things without being controversial about it, which I like for a movie because I don't need controversy. It's fine. I thought that was a, a well done thing and he, he, he presented that very well. Yeah. Uh, I thought the, um, the bit between the secretaries or her cabinet people, um, like yeah. them having an affair together was a great bit too. And that worked mm-hmm. really well. Um, also Richard, I wanted to ask you about what you thought of, you mentioned this being a political movie. I um, mean, do you think this works? Like do you, think, do you think the setting of it being set in Washington with a, uh, you know, about a, a journalist who writes political pieces, do you think that whole thing worked to its advantage or um, to its detriment? Like, could it have been a completely different subject matter with these two and it still worked? Or was that what made it special? I think this works fine if if she's – what, what she's a waitress and he's a, no, a no, successful no, no, dude I mean, or I don't know. No, no, no. I mean it's got to be the same power dynamic for it to work. That's uh-huh. what makes it interesting. Right. But, but if she's a – you know, this has been done before with Notting Hill or um, – you know, if if it's movie star meets random dude, that's sure. done. But it would work. I mean, if she was uh, some other type of public figure, mm-hmm. uh, great athlete or something, it would it would work fine. But the the setting of of Washington certainly works and makes it unique. I don't, I can't think of uh, too many times uh, that that particular piece has been done. So I that was cool. Um, but sorry, the stars just tried the old knuckle puck, so it's scary. <laughs> oh, you got you to try the flying V. Hard to be end, accurate, guys. Come on. They, know, they did not see the, the end of the movie. End, end of the uh, end of Coach the Bombay third. did not get through to them. The, the end of the third period, stars just gave the old knuckle puck. I, I was kind of I was excited there for a second. Um, but yeah, I think power. It, you know, you could make this. You could have the same power dynamic in several different settings, and it would work as well. For me, I mean, I, I like that stuff. Sure. I mean, I love you know the Beltway and all that, and the the uh, Potomac power struggle. Mm-hmm. So I was down with it. But I don't know if I don't think anyone else cared. You could do this a million <laughs> different ways, and it'd be yeah. fun. Yeah, but it give you but a good it, it give you a good B story and something exactly. Fun, it lets them fly around the country, yeah. and it's a great MacGuffin for it. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, I liked the bit with the tattoo. That was that was a funny. <laughs> yes, that was yes. funny. They had some several good payoffs in this movie mm-hmm. that uh, set the set the seed early and uh, pay off late. That was yeah. good. It's good stuff. Um, boys to men, always good in boys to men. Boys to men. Well, yeah, it's a funny bit. It was strong. That, that was super strong. I forgot about yeah. that. There were. Um, Great soundtrack on this movie too. Really yes, strong, for sure. Kind of not overpowering to where you're like, oh right. Except for the one song, the uh, the Pretty Woman song, Kent. Pretty much the rest of it, just you know, Pretty Woman blends into the background. Yeah, the, what the song where they're singing in the in the kitchen. What's the the? It must have been love. That's all. Yeah. That obviously like takes center stage is like a big part of what's happening on screen. But the rest of the soundtrack just kind of bumping in the background worked really well. Good good soundtrack. Yeah, I thought so, I thought so too. Um, why do you think this didn't work um, box office wise? Was it all Avengers or what? I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah, but I, I just think this is the movie that got good reviews. Like, yeah. It was fresh. Yeah, this is the kind of thing, man. This is where 
you start seeing the negative impact of the modern box office where people mm-hmm. look at this and go, there is no reason for me to see that on a big screen. It will be on Netflix or some sort of service I already pay for in six months. Why, why is there any impetus for me to see this early? I'll see it when I see it. It'll be good. You know, and this is the kind of, this is the reason these movies normally are on some kind of streaming platform with lesser stars because you just, it just, mm-hmm. people yeah. aren't going to leave their home to go see them. Yeah. yeah, it is a it's a uh, interesting thing to see a movie before it comes out. I remember seeing Longshot, and then they showed the trailer to Longshot in Avengers, which I thought was really weird. Uh, same. same. And I had Captain Marvel, which was odd. Oh, really? Yeah, that's odd. Uh, so yeah, I was sitting there in Avengers, and they show this at ten a.m. in front of these like basically a PG audience. It was very yeah. weird, and it was a horrible trailer. Like, it wasn't funny. It was like, and I had seen the movie already. I was like, okay, that does not do a good job of selling this, the humor or what this movie is or it's about or what. Um, so, oh, I was scared right then. But I was like, well, it's funny. If it gets good reviews, I think enough people are going to be sick of Avengers to go, and it'll make a decent little little penny and uh i was completely the <laughs> wrong about that uh it made yeah. like less than 10 not even 10 i think this movie probably makes somewhere between like 15 and 17 you know if mm-hmm. if not for avengers so it's not like they lost a ton of money and it was completely open on the on the schedule you know the the intruder took a little bit of its its change but um I you know I don't I don't in in hindsight that that looks like a really stupid decision to open the week after Avengers but I don't think even knowing how huge Avengers was going to be I don't think any of us expected it to make 2.3 billion dollars in its first weekend you know first made another 150 million last week yeah. that's crazy yeah. I mean it's yeah. crazy it's it's crazy so in some part maybe you just avoid these movies, you know, Avengers, that kind of a big, huge, ridiculous movie altogether. And maybe this plays better in September or October or something, but I don't think it was a terrible move to put it in this weekend. I just think that (laughs) in game just turned out to be, we knew it was going to be a huge juggernaut and it turned out to be triple that, you know? Yeah. That's, um, you'd think they would counter program a little bit of that, uh, away. It's not necessarily the, we're dropping the Amy Poehler Tina Fey movie the same day as Star Wars: The Force Awakens, <laughs> right. and right. has no chance yeah. whatsoever. They did they did wait a uh, week and um, and they they had a wide open window. Nothing else came out last week. The Intruder beat it. Mm. And what the heck yeah. is that? I mean, it's honestly, Quaid, bro, I, it's I, mean, I guess, but <laughs> I would have. I, I guess it's just bro? the question it's of the does this the has the Seth Rogen. Um, appeal worn off or the Charlie's throne appeal worn off. I just don't think any movie star can open stuff like this anymore. I don't think it's on them. <laughs> right. Think right. It's either what's the intruders, a horror movie. So people are going to go to the theater to see that P- mm-hmm. the theater has become a completely experiential experience. That might be redundant, but it's all about sensory things. So I want to see big effects. I want to be scared. Um, I just think the rom-com and, or I want a big, you know, the only kind of comedy I think that would work anymore is like a big, whatever the 2019 version of there's something about Mary is where it's like this big raunch fest. It's got a lot of buzz by how like crazy it is. And people want to see that with other people, but a standard, very good rom-com, uh, adult comedy. I just, people are just going to wait for it. 
uh, yeah. you know, it's going to cost me two ninety nine on Amazon Prime in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or Amazon Video in three months, and I'm going to get a bottle of wine, and my wife and I are going to watch that, and that'll be fine. That's that's not forty bucks at the theaters, and, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Whereas Avengers, it's like I got to go. A, I want to be part of the zeitgeist, but B, I want to see these big explosions and stuff on a big screen. And uh, it's just a different it, – it, it, it is what – you know the thing of it's great dollars-wise for the movies, but it becomes this kind of homogeneous thing where it's like the same kind of movies will be in theaters and we'll all go look at – it's like riding – those will be roller coasters that we all pay to go ride and then mm. – We'll do something else with home entertainment. I, I you know, it, it stinks because these are the kind of movies for me that I, I love to watch, but right. I don't really care where I watch them, to be honest. I mean, if mm-hmm. I didn't do this show, mm-hmm. I'd probably wait on this one as well. I think you probably would too, Brian. So so I, I, I don't know what, what you do about it, if it's mm-hmm. even fixable, but I, I just think it's the state of movies yeah. in 2019. Yeah. You, yeah, you uh, probably want to bring the budget down a little. This is a forty million dollar budget. You probably want to do this at thirty, you know? And and that's 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 kinda stinks, but it's the reality of it. You want to do it a little bit lower. And you gotta kinda hope that the studio that's releasing a movie like this is willing to do it at a slight loss or a break even just to have a diverse release slate, you know? And that's not all that's far from a given. This is Lion, Lionsgate Summit, which is questionable all the time so right but I, even if this I was owned excuse, sorry uh, even if no, this was distributed via another one of the various disney platforms mm-hmm. um you know you, it's not a guarantee that the studio sees it as uh this is not going to make a ton of money but we just want to have something different on the schedule we want to have a diverse portfolio you know uh through the course of the year it's 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 questionable on that front I almost wish that these the theaters would never agree to it, obviously, but I just wish there was some kind of like season every year. It used to be this is what fall and winter were, but now they've kind of figured out to put a Star Wars or different things. But mm-hmm. I almost wish there was like three months a year where it's like fifty million dollars and under only yeah. in the theaters. Sure. Like just so that people can like breathe and go see stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if that would make people go out and see stuff because like, okay, this is the season where we go see smaller movies, but it's like, you know, I I think about a, you know a non podcasting family. I know it's hard to believe, but there are people that don't do podcasts, and if they, <laughs> you know, they've already spent if the, if it's a couple or they've got kids, they've well, not they're taking kids of this, but let's just say it's a couple. They've already spent mm-hmm. you know X amount on Captain Marvel and and Avengers now, and that's a lot of money. You know, yeah. that's sixty bucks that they've spent or more mm-hmm. with snacks and all that. And so okay, well I'm not you know this will be there. This, yeah, you know, totally. No, I, I'm with you. I mean, we, Lindsay and I would see this at, at Alamo. There's a new Alamo about three miles from my house, which is awesome. Um, and I mean, we chose to see it in a more expensive theater, so there's that. But, uh, you know, tickets Rich. and Patreon money, son. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, movie tickets and food and drink and all that stuff. I mean, we're probably out 80 bucks when it's all said and done, you know, to see. Uh, a movie that made t- Dude, less than $10 million. You got to save that movie. You got to save that money wow. for the hustle this weekend. <laughs> Bonus up or no? Yeah. Okay. The Anne Hathaway, Rebel Wilson starring the hustle. Um, dirty Rotten hey. Scandals, but without mentioning that it's Dirty Rotten Scandals. Right. So that's why you know it's smart. Mm, yeah. Palms? What is this? Oh, man. Sorry, Ken. Are you not? 
excited for the hustle, or are you sexist? Right. I'm trying to remember. No, which I'm one. excited which for one it. Of, I told Brian which, he should have saved his money because I'm. It's yeah, I need to know if you're excited for it or sexist. 2,700 theaters um, nationwide this uh, so you, this weekend. So put you down for excited and excited. not eight women. Extreme, I, okay. I, yeah, extremely excited. Yeah, yeah. I signed you up for the hustle newsletter. Just yeah. so you know, <laughs> good. All of your emails. Yeah. Bring it. Um. De- Detective Pikachu also coming out this weekend, so long shot is a long shot for a good weekend. <laughs> Have you guys seen this trailer to this late night huh? movie with Emma Thompson and Mindy oh, Kaling? Gosh, it, so it does not look good. It's no, getting a no, theatrical release. I'm very surprised. I, I thought that was going straight Netflix or, no, or it's, Amazon. Uh, Amazon, yeah. Amazon picked up the rights, it, but, but they're that putting that it out. In, oh, it says only in theaters June 7th. Okay. Yeah, That's... I was really excited for that. Obviously, again, uh, subject matter I enjoy, and I, I've liked things Mindy Kaling has done. And that was one where I was like, I saw forty-five seconds of the trailer and was like, Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> Could be great. I hope it is. I would love for this to be awesome because I love Emma Thompson, love late night TV. I like Mindy Kaling a lot. Uh, man, that that don't look very good. Yeah. I just know I, I only reason I mentioned it. There's a little ad. Uh, yeah, it's, they're spamming the ads right now on the uh, on the interwebs. So reminded me of that. Um, okay, so yeah, we'll see how it does this weekend. I don't think very good, but um, but we'll see. Maybe positive word of mouth. We'll we'll keep it alive for a couple more weeks. But um, I'm ready to hit a grade. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Um, okay, I'll give this one a B plus. Nice. Pleasantly surprised and um, excited to watch it again when it comes back on streaming. B plus for me. What about you guys? A minus for me. A little, little higher. Nice. Enjoyed, it, enjoyed it a lot. Funny. I think it'll, I'm with you, Ken. I think it'll be better. I think it'll age well. The second, yep. third viewing will be fun and uh, good, good cast. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it overall. Uh, RB, how about you? I'm going to go solid B. Just a solid B out of me. All because right. of the post, you know, obviously. Yeah. And residual post. Obviously. Yeah. It's I like the, the Seth takeaway. Rogen parts. I did not care for Charlie's throw. No. Uh, no. <laughs> be solid B. It was just for this kind of movie, great. Yeah, solid B. That's funny. All right. Uh yeah. All right, guys. Let's hit a weekly recommend. Boom. Weekly recommends. All right, go ahead. Yeah, my uh, weekly recommend this week is a book. It is called Lighters in the Sky by Corbin Reef or Rife. I'm not totally sure how to pronounce that. Uh, he is the – he used to be like the chief film critic for uh, – not film critic, excuse me, music critic on uh, Rolling Stone. And and what was the one that used to be – that's Vox now? What was that site called? Do you remember? The one that oh. Seppenwall used to be at. Uh, uh Uprox fix. I can't it fix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uprox. Uprox. Uh I think that's right. Anyway, um he wrote a book. What the the gist of the book is he went back to I believe starting in nineteen sixty through two thousand sixteen and he just kinda combed through every live album, every live recording, every uh concert review, things like that for just pretty much every concert he could get his hands on and tried to pick um, the biggest, the most important, whatever the the metric you want to go with, uh, concert of the year from 1960 through 
2016. So some of them were very obvious, you know, Woodstock and uh, things like that. And then some were uh, just turned out to be smaller, smaller venues with uh, performers that got big later or it was their last performance or something like that. And uh, it's very it's he did a really good job of diversifying the book and the selections. It's not like the Beatles four years in a row or things like that. It, It really had. You can tell there's a lot of time and effort put into picking um, interesting concerts and, and giving, I think, having very valid reasons for why he picked each one. And then he, so he kind of, each each uh, chapter is basically like a little essay where he kind of sets the, the stage for what the concert is and who the band was at that time, blah, blah, blah. And then he sort of reviews the concert. Um, and it's, it's really interesting. It's a, it's a fun, but I think both of you guys would enjoy it. And it's, uh, it's a pretty easy read and uh had had a lot of a lot of cool content some of it was like very obvious to me you know like woodstock and uh the beatles at shea and things like that but there were several that i was like oh man i i had never heard of this concert this particular Puddle concert Dallas, 2014 right, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah late puddle of mud <laughs> right. right that's when they really hit their stride <laughs> yeah they matured as mm-hmm. artists they grew into um, their sound what they did right Right. So anyway, check that out. It's called Lighters in the Sky by Corbin Reef or, or Rife. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. That sounds awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, what about you, Richard? Mine's another book. Uh, you know, it doesn't happen very often um, that Robert Carroll releases a book because it happens like every 10 years because his books are like 9,000 pages. But he has a new short book out about how he wrote those 9,000 page books <laughs> called Working. Uh, Robert Carroll wrote the great LBJ biographies and the Robert Moses biography and is probably the best, uh, biographical historian maybe ever. And he's, he's in his eighties now and still working on the final volume of the LBJ piece. And, uh, he's just great and a great, uh, just really cool person and a really cool method of that he and his wife research and write these books on historical figures. And he's, he's the cool thing about him is he's not really interested in the people. He's more interested in the idea of power and he writes about power and, uh, through the eyes of, of these men. And so, um, but this book is about his process. So if you're interested in, in like journalism or, uh, reporting or writing, uh, even as a vocation or an avocation, whatever your thing is, which I think a lot of our listeners may be, um, it's definitely worth writing, and it's unlike everything else. It's it's short. It's like two hundred pages. The book is so you can you can actually uh, unless you're a psychopath like me uh, with the other ones, you can actually pound through this one pretty easily. And he's he's just a really beautiful writer as well. I don't think he gets enough credit. He gets a lot of credit for the his uh, reporting as he should, but he he's a really he makes things really novelistic and interesting and uh, and all that. So Robert Carroll working. Kent, what about you? Awesome. I'm going to recommend a movie that I just uh, rewatched a couple weeks ago and um, funny and worth a rewatch. Uh, the Cable Guy. Really nuanced performance from Jim Carrey. And I forgot. The song performed by Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> forgot how <laughs> funny he was in that uh, this movie and how understated and underrated it is. Um, and Ben Stiller behind the director's chair, Judd Apatow, producing. And writing, um, good good stuff. Good worth a rewatch. Matthew Cable Broderick, guy. yeah, Matthew Great. Broderick in his in his prime. A Leslie Mann, um, oh, Janine Garofalo. Times, yeah. Janine Garofalo no, could not smell her through the screen though, so it was, it was nice. No there smell. Were no utensils in medieval times, so there are none at medieval times. Would you like a refill on that Pepsi? 
Great greatness. Can you um, tell I've seen that movie seven hundred times? <laughs> yeah, I have not seen that movie since it was in theaters in nineteen Are you serious? You need 96. to you need to yeah, Netflix this thing. It is. Yeah. It's worth. It's worth to, a rewatch. I hated for sure. it when I was oh, thirteen. You would love it now. It's a great. I mean, that's my favorite Jim Carrey movie by far. Well, Dumb and Dumber, but that's number two. Sure. Yeah. Oh, well, Truman, but Jim Carrey comedy. It's it's <laughs> sure. fan- fabulous. Kick ass too. Sure, sure. I, I got you. I understand. <laughs> yes, man. But yeah, you, you mispronounced yes, man. But okay, sure. Yeah, Mr. Popper's Penguins, right. but we got you. Right. Number 23. <laughs> number 23. Yeah. Number 23 is hilarious. I, I don't think they meant it for it to be, but it's hysterically funny. Okay. Well, it's my favorite murder. Where can we uh, find you online, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter, bgill 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. We've got one of those coming out. Uh, I believe next week. So be on yeah. the lookout for that. Uh, RB, what about you, man? You can find me at Richard Barden on all your various social medias. Kent, where can I find you? On the Twitters at Kent Garrison and online. Uh, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Hit that VIP feed mm. for more content coming this week. Uh, we're talking yeah. Star Trek 2009. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, I believe Detective Pikachu is the movie next week. Thank movie God. of the week and then we're following that up the week after with john wick parabolum uh para- hmm. parabellum, i think we just do i think we break the mold and do detective pikachu twice <laughs> right we do it both all right just do half of our review one week and half yeah the other. cliffhanger our first all right cliffhanger. yeah stay stay tuned next week to hear what we actually Cause thought he wants to hear john wick i mean i think we need two detective because there's just only there's so much nuance Man, you you just crossed him He's gonna murder you now. Um, okay, let's. Uh, we can. You can do the Tolkien movie by yourself, Brian. If you want to do that. <laughs> no thanks. No thanks. Um, okay, well, stay tuned for that. that Shocking. And uh, we'll see you then next time at the sun. Bye. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salad and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs.